Lingwen approached the throne, dressed all in black and without a word or smile. She drew a line through an item on her memo. My lord, there are a few heavenly officials still on patrol in the mortal realm, unable to return. Junwu nodded. They have already reported in. Lingwen acknowledged the response, and Junwu turned to Shirlian. Xianle, I'm sure you are curious as to why you have been summoned here today. Shirlian still had his head bowed. I can guess, he said. However, I had assumed that the matter with General Pei Jr. was already settled. Just then, a man's voice rang out. Whether it's been settled or not is yet hard to say. The voice that came from behind was lyrical. When Shirlian turned his head to look, a martial guard stepped into the great hall, his hand resting on the hilt of his sword. He walked toward the front. When he passed by Shirlian, he stopped in his step, and the corners of his lips lifted. Your Royal Highness, I've heard much about you. The martial guard looked to be about twenty-six to twenty-seven years old, graceful and confident. In his actions, looking at his face, Shirlian thought that he looked even more handsome than that statue he saw at Mount Yujun. It was the kind of handsome that could definitely steal hearts. Very much the charming type. Shirlian didn't respond. General Pei continued, "Our little Pei has been in your care. I've definitely offended him." Shirlian thought. He returned the greeting. Please don't trouble yourself over it. I've heard much about you as well. The words "I've heard much about you" were certainly not a lie. In the past few days, Shirlian had skimmed through his scroll and briefly read through the legends of some of the more famous heavenly officials. One of them was General Ming Guang, Pei Ming. This martial god of the north was skilled in battle, but the most talked-about thing amongst the mortals were stories of his many, many affairs, good and bad, within wanton alleys. The good stories had Pei Ming using copious amounts of gold to help save a pitiful prostitute from the brothels. She fell in love with him, and forever remained pure and true. To await his return, the bad stories had Pei Ming traveling thousands of miles to spend a one-night stand with a married woman. On some level, Pei Ming was an awe-inspiring man. After reading through his stories, Shirlian thought it was quite unbelievable that after so many years, there was only one Xuanji that came out of that way of life. Because Pei Ming was skilled in both battle and in love, many of his rivals and fellows loved cursing him to go die, and even better if he'd die from syphilis. But his life force was tough, and he never got infected with anything. Even after the many flowers he'd picked, he wouldn't die, and he'd even live longer than most of his fellows. Until finally, 
One day, he lost a battle. Everyone laughed, thinking, at last, it's his end. But then, lightning crashed and thunder roared. In that moment of danger, he ascended to the heavens. Those who didn't die by his hand probably all died from outrage. After ascension, Pei Ming didn't change his way of life, and the scale of his tales of promiscuity greatly expanded. From fairies and lady officials to female ghosts and demons, as long as they were beautiful, he would pluck them. Nonetheless, his favorite type was still the charming ladies of the mortal realm. Many indecent love stories had him starring as the main male lead, and if it wasn't for Shirlian's method of cultivation that demanded purity of body and of mind, he probably would have read a couple of those books just out of curiosity. Thus, in addition to his role as the martial god that ruled the north, the mortal realm also worshipped him as the god of love. Even some officials would turn around and secretly pray to him should they bump into him in the heavens, hoping for some fortune in love. It had to be said that although similar, that title was definitely better than Feng Xin's unwarranted title, Zhu Yang. All the heavenly officials present in the hall knew in their hearts what I've heard much about you meant, and many roared with laughter in their minds. After the pleasantries, Shirlian said, What does General Pei mean by not necessarily settled? Pei Ming snapped his fingers, and a corpse floating in mid-air suddenly appeared in the middle of the Great Hall. Strictly speaking, this floating body was an empty shell. It had no soul, completely empty on the inside, but it was covered in blood from head to toe so it was no different than a corpse. To have something like this appear before an elegant crowd like the heavenly officials was a shock. A moment later, Pei Su was also brought in, but he still looked indifferent and apathetic. Even with shackles binding his person, his head bowed low, unspeaking. General Pei, what is the meaning of this? Shirlian asked. Pei Su knelt down within the great martial hall, and Pei Ming replied, A few days ago, I went to visit little Pei, and he mentioned something interesting. Pei Ming paced half a circle around Shirlian and smiled. I'm quite familiar with little Pei's ability. Even if his clone's powers are reduced and nowhere near the same as his true self, it's still quite competent. It's still capable of fighting evenly with a savage ghost. However, he told me that there was a mortal that was able to beat him to the point where he had to relent. Now, isn't that interesting? Pei Ming continued, and so I questioned him. Apparently, at the time, there was a red-clothed young man next to your royal highness while you were at the Banyuir Pass. Hearing the words, red-clothed, made all the officials present shift expressions. 
Then, Pei Ming's following words made them all agitated. He said, And this young man in the dock was able to eradicate all the menacing Banyue soldiers in a flash. Now, Your Royal Highness, might you enlighten us to who this red-clothed young man might be? If it wasn't a savage, then it must be a supreme, and one that could kill hundreds of savages in a flash, dressed all in red. Anyone could guess who that young man could possibly be, yet no one wanted to be the first to say his name. Shirlian stole a glimpse at the mute Pei Su and replied a little unnaturally. Really? About that, I really don't remember it well. There was also a caravan that was trapped in the Banyue Pass at the time, and we spent a few days together. So maybe it was someone from the caravan. Pei Ming smiled. That can't be right, Your Royal Highness. According to Little Pei, you and that young man were abnormally close. Not like someone you've just met for only a few days. How can you not remember? No, you're wrong. That was the truth. It really was only just a few days, Shulian thought. Nevertheless, his expression gave nothing away. Just then, from the sidelines, a white-clad cultivator casually waved his whisk and spoke up. General Pei, you've only heard Little Pei's side of the story. Little Pei has committed a crime. He's currently in detention, soon to be exiled. Whether his words are believable needs to be discerned, no? Then we shall see if General Nanyang and General Xuanzhen can give us a hand, Pei Ming replied. Following his line of sight, Shulian found Feng Xin and Mu Qing standing separately on the southwest and the southeast corners of the hall. Feng Xin still looked the same as in his memories, standing tall and straight, his eyes determined, his brows always slightly furrowed, as if there was always something annoying him. But really, he wasn't annoyed at all. Mu Qing, on the other hand, was somewhat different from what he remembered. Although his face was still pale as chalk, without much blood, his thin lips pursed, his eyes half-lidded, there was a cool air of don't talk to me surrounding him. He stood with his arms crossed, a finger on his right hand, tapping his left elbow softly, looking like he was either at ease or more like he was scheming something. The two were definitely good-looking men, but each had their own flaws. Hearing Pei Ming calling them out, they both looked toward Jun Wu at the same time. It was only when Jun Wu gave a slight nod that they stepped forward reluctantly. This was the first time since Shirlian's third ascension that he'd come face to face with the two of them. He could sense all the eyes on them going wilder. Wild was inevitable. The great martial hall was the number one martial palace of heaven. 
those without the title of heavenly official had no entry rights to discuss matters. The first time the crown prince of Xianle ascended, Feng Xin and Mu Qing were his deputy generals. At the time, they were only low-ranking officials from the middle court, without even the right to run errands within the great martial hall. And now, not only could the junior officials of back then now stand in the hall, their rankings were even higher than that of their old master, truly a turn of fate. The three of them looked at each other, eyes flitting all over, stealing glimpses at each other but pretending not to care. Who knew what the other two were thinking? However, Shirlian could roughly guess why Pei Ming had called them out to help. As suspected, Pei Ming said, General Nanyang and General Xuanzhen have both fought with Hua Cheng before. I'm sure they have the authority to speak regarding the weapon of that person. So the point of bringing forth the empty shell, Ah Zhao, was for all to inspect its wounds. Feng Xin and Mu Qing slowly approached the floating body. Shirlian himself took a few steps forward to take a look, but there was so much blood darkened into black spots that it was hard to see anything. The other two, faces austere, took their time in their inspection. Finally, they raised their heads and swept a look at each other, neither of them wanting to speak first. Ling Wen spoke up from next to the throne. Generals, conclusion? It was Feng Xin who spoke first, his voice dark. It's him. The scimitar, Erming, Mu Qing added. Among all the heavenly officials present in the great martial hall, it was probably only Shirlian who didn't know the significance of those words. The scimitar, Erming, was the very same freakish weapon Hua Cheng had used when he singularly challenged the 33 officials and beat them to a pulp, decimating their souls and dignity. The heavenly officials started whispering to each other, their eyes watching Shirlian, unreadable. Pei Ming had attained his objective. Many thanks to the two generals for confirming this fact. If the red-clothed young man who travelled next to your royal highness really was that person, then this whole matter is going to be more complicated. The white-clad cultivator from before spoke up again. General Pei, are you saying His Royal Highness, the Crown Prince of Xianle, colluded with the Supreme Ghost King specifically to frame General Pei Jr. Both times when that cultivator spoke, he was on Shirlian's side, so he had to take a look at who exactly this curious fellow cultivator was. What he saw was a cultivator with clear, bright eyes. He had a whisk between his arms, a long sword carried on his back, and a folding fan tucked in his white, jaded belt. His form was graceful and elegant. His expression spirited. He looked familiar, 
but Shirlian couldn't recall when he had met anyone like this. Paiming, Paiming also glanced at him, but it was the look of an irritated elder who didn't want to deal with children. He shook his head and waved dismissively, withdrawing the floating empty shell that was Ah Zhao. He then turned around and continued his argument. It may not be collusion, except that person is powerful and wicked. Who knows if he might have used deceptive tricks to blind his royal highness. His intention was to make Hua Cheng out to be the real perpetrator behind the chaos of Banyue Pass. Shirlian rebuked, General Pei, even if you don't believe me, you should still believe in the Wind Master. Back in the Sinner's Pit, General Pei Jr. admitted to the crime of luring passers-by to the Banyue Pass using his clone, and the Wind Master heard everything. Pei Ming glanced at the white-clad cultivator again. Shirlian continued, Besides, since we're both here at the Great Marshall Hall, you can very well ask our Lord whether I have traces of any spells of deception on my person. Jun Wu, who sat high above, remained calm and unchanging, meaning Shirlian was cleared. Shirlian then continued, General Pei, let's keep things clear and separate. Let's not talk about whether the young man I travelled with was Hua Cheng or not. Even if he was confirmed to be Hua Cheng, it has nothing to do with what General Pei Jr. has done. A supreme ghost king might have the worst of names on people's lips, but not everything can be blamed on him either. His expression was composed and neutral when the name was uttered, but many in the hall had cold shivers run down their backs. Pei Ming replied, No matter what, I believe that this affair needs to be re-examined. It'd be best if the Gorsha that your Royal Highness has taken away, Banyue, could be brought in for interrogation too. To interrogate her for what? To force her to lie? Shirlian hadn't yet responded when someone else spoke up first. Pei Su looked as if he didn't want to remain in the Great Marshal Hall anymore. He said in a low voice, General, let it go. What? Pei Ming was irritated. There isn't any spell of deception. It's all my doing. I've disappointed you, Pei Su confessed. Pei Ming was in the middle of clearing his name, but then he went and said this. Pei Ming turned cold and said darkly, What enchantment or concoction did that Banyue Gorsha feed you? Shut your mouth. However, Pei Su raised his head. Let it go, General. Little Pei isn't afraid to admit to the things that he's done. Since I've been caught red-handed, I'm not afraid to receive whatever the punishment may be. Pei Ming's face was full of shock, seeming to be thinking, you've always been so mature and competent. Why did you suddenly go nuts today? He was just about to kick Pei Su over the head to wake him up 
when Junwoo spoke up. Enough. The moment he spoke, Pei Ming withdrew his leg and bowed. Junwoo spoke languidly. The matter of the Banyue Pass is settled. Take little Pei down and exile him in the next few days. After some silence, Pei Ming acknowledged. Yes, my lord. Shulian only just breathed in relief when Pei Ming continued. But Nanyang and Xuanzhen have proven that the wounds on that empty shell were indeed inflicted by the scimitar Erming. I understand, Junwu replied. That is a whole other matter. Pray my lord will look into this matter, Pei Ming said. I will naturally investigate. Ming Guang and his fellow deities have no need for concern. After a pause, Junwu continued. You are all dismissed for today. Xianle, you stay. It looked as though Shulian would be personally interrogated. The heavenly officials had nothing left to say and bowed their heads. Yes, my lord. Dismissed, the other heavenly officials exited in their groups of twos or threes. When Feng Xin passed by, he glanced at Shulian looking as though he had something to say, but stopped himself. Shulian smiled at him, and he was startled before hurrying away. Mu Qing, however, walked past without sparing Shulian a look, as if Shulian never existed. That white-clad cultivator walked over with his whisk in hand and a huge smile, ready to speak. But Pei Ming, who had just lost favor, walked over too, with one hand resting on his hilt and the other rubbing his nose. He said helplessly, Ching Xuan, for your brother's sake, can you not stir up trouble? The smile disappeared from the face of that white-clad cultivator. General Pei, there's no need to use my brother against me. I'm not afraid of him. You... Pei Ming was enraged, but he couldn't do anything. Finally, he pointed at him. You've really done little Pei in now. Two hundred years of exile. The white-clad cultivator swung his whisk wildly. That's little Pei's own doing. This has nothing to do with me. Looking like he didn't want to continue to quarrel with Pei Ming, the white-clad cultivator stormed off. Shulian thought that Pei Ming might stick around to taunt him further, but he didn't, and he exited the hall willfully. In the large and spacious Great Martial Hall, the only one who remained besides Junwu and Shulian, who was below the throne, was actually the crown prince of Yang'an, Lang Chancho. Shulian was curious. Why did he stay? When Shulian approached, he had his eyes closed, fast asleep while standing. Shulian didn't know whether to laugh or to cry, and feeling quite awed, he gently tapped the young man's shoulder. Your Highness. Your Highness? Lung Chancho awoke with a jerk. What's happened? Nothing's happened. The meeting is over, Shulian explained. Having just woken up, 
Lang Chancho was still a little dazed and asked in confusion. Over? Just like that? What did we all discuss? I didn't hear anything. If you didn't hear anything, then never mind, Shirlian said. It wasn't anything important anyway. Come now, it's time to go back. Oh, Lang Chancho went to leave. When he reached the doors, he looked back. Still confused, he regardless gave Shirlian a big smile. Thank you for waking me. Shirlian waved at him with a smile. When everyone had finally cleared out, Shirlian slowly turned around. Jun Wu descended from the throne. Hands behind his back, he came before Shirlian. Crimson rain sought flower. The scimitar. Erming. Shirlian was like a cat picked up by the scruff of his neck and he involuntarily straightened up. So, what's going on? Junwoo questioned. Shirlian looked at him, then suddenly kneeled. Before Shirlian's knees touched the floor, Junwoo reached out and held his elbow, preventing him from leaning. He sighed. Shanlo. Shirlian straightened once more, his head bowed. I'm sorry, he said. Junwoo watched him. Then do you admit your wrongs? I do. Shirlian replied. Then, why don't you tell me what that wrong is? Jinwoo said. Mm-hmm.